Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Tuesday, January the 8th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the coaching wheel turns another gear. Another candidate out, one candidate rises above the rest, and we'll get you caught up on all the latest and give you a more extensive detailing of Miami's next potential head coach, the 10th full-time head coach of the Miami Dolphins, plus what kind of staff could he assemble and what would his specialty unit, the defense, of course, look like with this Miami Dolphins current roster. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. Those of you familiar with podcast land know that the ratings and reviews are how the podcast gets out to more Dolphins, helps the podcast continue to grow, and allows me to keep doing this. So please, if you're a fan, do that for us. Also, follow me on Twitter at LethalNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and check out the blog, LockedOnDolphins.com. It's the number one blog in the Lockdown Network. We have tons of good content for you guys up there right now. I wrote the quarterback structure piece, the search snapshot for the next three years. Jason Harina, our staff editor, wrote about the de-evolution of the Dolphins offense. So tons of content for you guys there, 365 days a year. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and crank this thing up. That's another Miami Dolphins. And first down, today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by MyBookie, where you play, you win, you get paid. And the coaching candidate list continues to change for Miami. They started off with six candidates possibly lined up for interviews over the last couple of days or last week or so, and that list has shrunken by two with the news yesterday that Vic Fangio was off the list. The Dolphins did request to interview the 60-year-old potential head coaching candidate, the 60-year-old defensive coordinator from the Chicago Bears, but did not follow through on scheduling an actual formal interview. So that did not happen. Fangio off the list, and another person is off that list as well. Steelers offensive line coach, former Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Munchak has removed himself from the potential interview process with the Miami Dolphins. He will continue to seek work elsewhere. Apparently the Denver Broncos job is something he will interview for, but he wants the right fit, and most people think he will not leave the Bengals job on the offensive line. I think that one's a bit of a dodge bullet. I'm a little bit bummed out about the Vic Fangio news But what has me excited is the good news is it comes down to potentially my 1A when this whole thing started. And right now, Chris Richard is the one-to-one favorite, which means you bet a dollar, you win a dollar. And if that's the case in sports, that's usually the guy or the team or whatever the entity is that's going to get the job, win the game, whatever the result you're looking for there is. One-to-one is a great betting odd for that particular thing to win. Not great odds for your money, but that sounds like it'll be the guy that happens. And in my opinion, the only thing that would change that is barring a miracle Jim Harbaugh hiring or a miracle John Harbaugh trade, which again, I don't think any of us as Dolphins fans want to see because we need those resources. We need those draft picks. And the reason you're going to hear me talking about Chris Richard on this podcast as essentially the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins 
is because he has already scheduled a second interview with the Miami Dolphins this coming week. My guess is that when the Cowboys get waxed by the Rams on Saturday night, and if he holds that offense down, just give him the job on the spot. But Rashad will be announced early next week, in my opinion. I know, don't jinx it, Travis, but guess what? Don't care. I try to do things to purposely cause jinxes because I just don't care. I'm not superstitious. Sue me if that bothers you. You can go ahead and put on your certain coat or stand in the corner or sit on a particular couch during the game if you think that makes Ryan Tannehill throw a better football. I don't subscribe to it. I don't believe in superstitions. So Chris Richard going to be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. If you ask me, the betting odds are there. The second interview is there. The desire for both sides is there. It's all there to become Seattle Southeast. So what about a potential staff for Chris Richard that he could put together? Well, the two options we've talked about as far as offense and defense, number one, Daryl Bevel, and that doesn't really excite a whole lot of names in Dolphin land, and it probably shouldn't because Daryl Bevel was not the most loved offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks, to put it lightly, although it is kind of ironic that they put Brian Schottenheimer in his place to call the offense, and he is probably the worst play caller in the entire NFL. But Daryl Bevel did not earn a good reputation in Seattle. They ran a lot of 12 personnel packages. They ran the football, ran the football, and ran the football some more. They did create ways for Russell Wilson to get out in space and use his legs and make big plays on the field and passing game as well. But he just seems like a little bit antiquated in his ways. And on the defensive side of the ball, the guy that I've heard rumored to him, I think this is from Chris Coffin at the Three Yards Per Carry podcast. Like I said, you guys all know who they are. He is very onto this idea that the Dolphins could go after Marquand Manuel. He used to play for the Seahawks back in the mid-2000s amidst a variety of other teams, the Bengals, the Packers, the Panthers, and the Broncos. But I guess the news that most appropriately links him to Seattle in connection with in his connection with Chris Rashad is also the fact that he's from Miami. He did go to Miami Senior High School back in the 1990s, so he is a local hometown product there. As far as his coaching career after retiring from the NFL in 2012, he was an assistant special teams coach on the Seattle Seahawks staff. And then he moved on from there with Dan Quinn to the Atlanta Falcons in 2015 to be the defensive backs coach there. And then he was promoted in 2017 to be the defensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. And that 2017 defense of the Falcons was pretty damn good. He found a way to get Deion Jones going and kind of revolutionize the position there with a more speedy, smaller linebacker. So maybe that same connection comes over with Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker in particular at the linebacker spot. He also has a bit of a checkered past for asking Eli Apple at the 2016 Combine if he likes men. Basically asked him, are you gay? So an interesting dynamic there as far as the Jeff Ireland connection of the past, but also what he was as a coach in Atlanta is a scheme predicated both on aggression as well as on speed. Two things I think the Dolphins tried to build towards in 2018. It didn't quite work out that way, but you bring in Marquand Manuel, you bring in Daryl Bevel. If that's the case on the offensive side of the ball, the complement to what Chris Rashad and Marquand Manuel would be on defense would be the hot box style of offense as we call it as it pertains to the way the Dolphins play games at Hard Rock Stadium where you can wilt away the defense. Hell, we saw this offense with Brock freaking Osweiler wear down the Chicago Bears defense who were number one across the board. And that's the case or the result you're going to get playing in Miami the way that stadium is constructed. So playing offense that way would make sense. Or... You could do the complete opposite and go find someone like a Cliff Kingsbury who is interviewing right now for head coaching jobs. I imagine he's going to miss out on those and eventually wind up settling for an offensive coordinator position 
Now, the imminent vacancy in New England sure does look attractive to Kingsbury as it sounds like he will be the next option beyond Josh McDaniels when he inevitably takes a head coaching position somewhere, which will not be Green Bay now, as we have just learned that Matt LaFleur is the new head coach in Green Bay. So McDaniels to the Browns sounds ever more likely now. Also, Bruce Arians hired in Tampa Bay. But to get back on track here, the hope would be that he doesn't want to go to the Patriots, he being Kingsbury, with the idea that the Patriots are fully capable of blocking their coaches from taking on interviews. Not always, but they have done it in the past. So hopefully he finds his way to Miami if that's the route he does take. But with the Dolphins honing in on their target for the next head coach, we're going to get to know Chris Richard more in the next segment here in the Locked On Dolphins podcast, discussing his preferences and his coaching style next. But first, a word from my bookie. The NFL playoffs are here. There are seven NFL games left on the schedule, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest. With Super Bowl 53 just around the corner, get into the game with my bookie. It truly is the most wonderful time of year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props in the industry. Who you're betting on is important, sure, but it's just as important where you bet through. And if you want to make some money during these playoffs, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the playoff season. Use promo code locked on when you deposit to activate that offer. That's promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Three interviews conducted so far, one more to come with Darren Rizzi, and we have an official second interview set for former Seahawks defensive coordinator and current Cowboys defensive play caller, defensive backs coach, and defensive passing game coordinator Chris Richard. And that's who we're talking about on the podcast today, trying to get to know him a little bit more in depth as it sounds like he is the favorite to be the 10th head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And looking at what he was with the Seattle Seahawks, is really the best case as far as trying to find out what he could bring to Miami. Now, he was there as the defensive coordinator in 2015, 2016, and 2017. In 2015 and 2016, he had the top-scoring defenses in the NFL. Now, that comes with a caveat, though, in the idea that the Seahawks had the top-scoring defense in the NFL for four straight years. Really, really unprecedented territory. But even then, he was the defensive backs coach those previous two years as well. And that team was built around who? The Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas back there. They had all pros and pro bowlers all over the field those two years. They played a very aggressive style in the back end. They will challenge catches at the top of the stem, at the top of the route, and typically line up in press, cover one or cover three looks when they're in zone. But they will be a hybrid defense and play between both zone and man concepts. The scheme is designed to make the job of the lesser players and think about Byron Maxwell here, who was part of the Legion of Boom somehow in a couple of years there in Seattle. They make those players less exposed on their defense. 
What it's really designed to do is capitalize on the strengths of your best players, like your Chancellor, like your Thomas, and like your Sherman, and take away responsibilities for a guy like Byron Maxwell, for instance, who can play an outside leverage technique and funnel things back into the more rangy center fielder safety, like an Earl Thomas or maybe like a Minka Fitzpatrick down the line. So that's the idea. The cornerbacks will not travel. They will play one side and stay there. That is still the case in Seattle, even in the post-Chris Richard era. Probably more of a Pete Carroll thing, but that's where Richard got it from, was from Pete Carroll. And they don't often commit extra rushers. They usually just send their four rushers and play coverage on the back end. They are gap sound against the run up front. The big challenge for Richard in Miami, if he is the head coach, all of this, of course, is assumption, will be getting the linebackers to play at the level he has gotten from the Hawks and the Cowboys in recent years. And look, I love Jerome Baker. I think he has a chance to make Pro Bowls down the line. And I'm getting there with Raekwon McMillan, too. I think he could be one of the better two-down bangers between the tackles at middle linebacker. But let's be real here. They are not Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. They are not Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh. And just looking at the personnel this defense has and how it's relatively comparable to what he's had in his past, I think he's got to be licking his chops about the possibilities. I mean, does anyone really think this defense on paper is as bad as it has performed in recent years? I mean, how many times did I ask last offseason, and for you longtime listeners of the show, you know the answer to this, but how many times did I ask that they please, please start incorporating some more dime defense? Shit, after being bottom in the league in third and long conversions allowed, you'd think they'd try something, yet they never did. I think they ran dime defense, no joke, maybe about five times this year total. And hell, we saw the Chargers in the game on Sunday with Gus Bradley run dime defense for 57 of the 58 plays. That's the type of innovation and adaptation to the current climate of the game that you'll get with better coaches and a coach like Chris Richard of the Seahawks, of the Cowboys, and hopefully now of the Miami Dolphins going forward. And you look at the past defensive coordinator here, Matt Burke. Of course, he was a very smart guy. But let's just be real. He was a shitty coach. He was a shitty teacher, and he was just as stubborn as Adam Gaze. The apple does not fall far from that tree. But Chris Richard, he's not like that. He'll devise the defensive scheme to magnify the strengths and disguise the weaknesses. Seattle and Dallas were both constructed very differently, but he's found a way to get pass rushes, to play coverage, and to simply be really damn good. Now, does this mean that he's going to make a great head coach? Who who knows? I don't know. I don't think anyone can say for certain, even if both interviews blow you away, people are capable of being bullshit artists for that short amount of time. And the truth of the matter is that being a good coordinator does not equate success as a head coach. They're two entirely different jobs. We learned that firsthand with Adam Gase. But I do know this. Players respect the hell out of Chris Richard. You can find Richard Sherman's tweet when the Dolphins announced they were going to interview Richard. Sherman retweeted that and said, great choice. And I think Richard Sherman, as far as intellect goes and football acumen and just general aptitude, he's one of the brighter guys in the league, one of the guys you should respect the opinion of in that regard. And there are some great reviews with Richard available with simple Google searches. He had an exclusive sit down with someone from the NFL Network. I forget who it was, but he was talking about leadership and some of the principles that he adheres to. And his message was all about respect, relationships, and teaching. 
Teaching, a phrase you have heard on this podcast time and time again, and probably some other Dolphins podcasts that will take stuff you've heard from this show and call it their own, but that's what Chris Richard is, a teacher, a motivator, and one hell of a defensive coach. Frankly, I'm excited to see if I was right or wrong about the talent on this defense, because I think the talent is there, and presuming this does happen, we're going to find out if he is a good head coach or not. And my last note here on Chris Richard is that he himself saw firsthand what a quarterback like Russell Wilson can do for you. And that, to me, means he might fancy a quarterback like Kyler Murray. Kyler, just please, please declare already and get this over with so Miami can draft you and put the long-standing misery to rest. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up here on the other side of the podcast, trying to fill some of the holes on this presumed defense. We'll do that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkle NFL at Locked On Fins. So maybe we're getting out in front of our skis a little bit too far here on the third segment of the Tuesday podcast for the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Winkle, with you guys here as always. Maybe we're getting a little bit too far out in front of ourselves here talking about the potential of Chris Richard and coming to Miami. It's going to have to be at least a week as we wait for him to finish his season with the Dallas Cowboys. But a lot of people are asking about why is he available or why was he a position coach this year and making the jump straight from position coach to head coach. And the truth is there's really not much clarity on that out there on the internet, at least as far as why Pete Carroll decided it was time to move on from Chris Richard. I, I don't have the answer to that. Things kind of became unhinged there in Seattle down the stretch in 2017 when they lost Sherman, they lost Chancellor, they lost Earl Thomas. The entirety of the Legion of Boom was out and sidelined. And that Seattle defense was not good that year as a result. And they decided to move on from Chris Richard. Again, no real clarity on that reasoning. But Richard himself took the job in Dallas. And I think the reason he took that job as a positional coach was to better position himself to make this jump in 2019 because he's one of those guys that has been on that list of future potential head coaches names to keep an eye on that the NFL puts out every single year and he's the guy that I would think or I would hope that he would know that that type of jump would require maybe not taking a defensive coordinator job but even still he was the play caller in Dallas and the passing game coordinator on defense so he has a lot of responsibility that defense has his fingerprints all over it. So don't worry about his defensive qualifications. Again, it goes back to whether or not he's qualified to be a head coach in the NFL. And we'll find that out if he gets a job. And in about three years from now, we'll know the answer to that question. Now, as far as the defense he can put together in Miami, that is really his first sticking point when it comes to selling Steven Ross and Chris Greer on the idea that he should be the man in charge, the head coach of the Dolphins, the 10th head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And what does he have on this defense right now? We know that he has a pretty good secondary that's probably one or two pieces away from potentially being really, really good. He's got two good young linebackers. He's got two good young defensive tackles. His defensive end cupboard is almost entirely barren. So that's probably where he's going to have to focus his attention this offseason. And speaking of relationships with previous players of previous teams, who is the biggest free agent on the defensive end market? Well, Jadavian Clowney could be one of those guys. I imagine the Texans will tag him. The Cowboys could tag or let Demarcus Lawrence walk. And where did Rashard just come from? The Dallas Cowboys. And the other big name on the market is the Seattle Seahawks defensive end, Frank Clark, who frankly, I'm not sure if the Seahawks can pay him because he's going to command a huge salary. Now, will the Dolphins take the approach of getting out that big contract like an like Olivier Vernon or even our own guy and Dominic and Sue coming this direction? 
That remains to be seen. I doubt they'll do that, but those connections are there. That's probably where the Dolphins would have to go if they want to rebuild this defensive line group. I still think you're going to have to find a way to sign someone, probably a mid-level free agent, a guy that can start and give you 50 to 60% of the snaps in total. And that probably comes in addition to re-signing Cam Wake or reworking Robert Quinn's deal to stay here. One of the two has to go. One of the two has to stay. You might find a way to rework William Hayes' deal and then go into the draft and expect to draft a guy that can give you snaps immediately and also be a long-term project for being a potential, I guess, Pro Bowl type of talent on your defensive line. The Dolphins have to remake that position almost entirely, and that would be Chris Richard's biggest task because I think he can get a lot out of those two linebackers I mentioned. They're going to have to find a third linebacker somewhere, the guy that would be third in the rotation behind Baker and McMillan. And as far as that secondary goes, perhaps a cornerback too. I think Cordray Tankersley might get the most benefit out of this as far as trying to develop his career into the next step and being a legitimate starter, a guy that had mental issues as far as grasping Matt Burke's complex defense that seems to be a defense no one could grasp as there was communication breakdowns and guys running free every single week for the last two years, and Tankersley came up short in that area, whereas he was more of a physical marvel than anything else. So you might be able to resurrect his career. Maybe you go after a free agent like a Bradley Roby on the market, or go after the draft and take a Greedy Williams or someone in that class on the secondary. So this Dolphins defense, I think, if it's Richard, could be the focus again this year of the offseason. I mean, why not try to build up one side of the football and get dominant there, and then start trying to add the complementary pieces on the other side, i.e. the offense, And hell, if you can drop in a Kyler Murray into that mix, then all of a sudden we're flying. We're all of a sudden competing for AFC East titles and possibly supremacy in a post-Belichick and Brady world. So I'm excited about this possibility. It's not official yet. I realize I am the king of jinxes, even though I don't believe in jinxes. Maybe that's why I am the ultimate jinx. But I still think that Chris Richard is going to be the next head coach of this Miami Dolphins team. And we'll have plenty more to dissect on that when it actually happens, if it happens. And you'll hear all of that first here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But as for today's podcast, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. Enjoy the national championship game. Back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.